0: Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Welcome, welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Women's Pelvis Wellness. Today we have Robin Reed with us. And I met Robin through a networking group that we are part of and she lives in Madison, Wisconsin. So only a couple hours south of me. And I don't even know how to begin to explain Robin. She is wonderful. I was drawn to her right away. Um, I've always been drawn to wiser women than myself, even as a child. (laughs) I remember my great aunt offering me a dollar to leave her alone. because I just wanted to soak it all up. Um, so Robin is here with us today and we are going to be talking um, quite a bit about menopause, which has been a topic that a lot of my clients have been bringing to me. And Robin has an incredible, um, unique deep dive, all the things all around menopause and maybe a different way to think about it. So Robin, I'm thank you so much for being here with us today. And if you could just share um, you know, kind of your path and how you got to where you, you know, are now and what you do.
1: I'm doing today. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me here on your podcast. Um, I have a pretty eclectic background. Um, I, was, I was always highly intuitive, and as a child, that got shut down pretty hard. Um, I grew up on a farm out in the country, and so I was out in nature a lot and felt like Um, that was so my element. And, um, as I, as I, um, got older, I loved business and was in the corporate world for a long time in a number of different places, a number of different, uh, jobs. And when I was in my early thirties, I started my own manufacturing furniture manufacturing company and did that for 20 odd years. Um, At the time, I hired and trained hundreds and hundreds of people over those 20 years. And I got to bring all of my deeper understanding, all of my inner spiritual philosophy into my work with people. And rather than um, using my own language with folks who didn't understand things the way that I did, I had to figure out how to talk about this in a more common way. day-to-day language so that people would understand what I was doing. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic family, and so I spent 10 years in, um, in a 12-step program as an older teenager and in my early 20s, and learned so much about codependence and living with a healthy mindset. I brought all of that I, I, to, to my work with my employees. Um, I also did so much metaphysical study. And started working with a counselor when I was in my late teens. And I've pretty much had at least one counselor or coach all through these years since I was in my late teens. And I think that personal growth is one of the most important things that you can do in your life so that you can enjoy your life and really, um, really fulfill what you feel called for. Um, about, uh, About 20 years ago, my mother died, and I knew that I had, to, um, I had to get really serious about following my dreams to be a healer. Now, I still had my company at this time, but I decided while I, was, while I was at my company that I would also go to school, and I entered Barbara Brennan's School of Healing, spent three years there, and it was one of the most profound things I've ever done, to work with amazing healers from all over the world and learn cutting-edge technology and cutting-edge understanding of how the human psyche works. And it was a profound piece of work for me. I use that basis for all of my healing work. I'm also a Reiki master. I've also had other deep, intentional uh, trainings. And I bring all of that together. And about, um, about five years ago, about six years ago, Um, I left a job in the corporate world. I was a communications director at a large foundation. And I left that job not knowing what I was going to do next. And I pretty much got the call. Literally, somebody called me and asked me if I would be a psychic at a spiritualist camp. I didn't even know if I could do that. (laughs) And um, I found out that it was the same thing that I'd been doing basically all my life. And I spent three amazing summers doing this work. And after the first summer, I saw that I was going to do this on a full-time basis. All of my guidance said, this is your work. Mm -hmm. We've been trying to get you to do this for almost 30 years. And it's time to no longer look away. So I don't focus on menopause, but I've worked with a lot of women who are in menopause. And when I was in Barbara Brennan School, I was beginning to go through my own changes. Mm -hmm. And so I was very interested in how energy work Affects your experience of going through menopause. Yeah. That's wonderful. And today I'm a coach, I'm a healer. Um, I don't do any hands-on work per se, but I'm always running energy with my clients. Um, I can do distance healing work, uh, distance coaching, and that's how I use all of the skills and gifts
0: that I have. Wonderful. Yeah, and actually, um, I am in a course that Robin is teaching right now, and I'm super excited about it, and um, we were actually supposed to do this interview last Tuesday or last week, and I had an incident with my family come up, and I was just, I was not in a frame of mind to do an interview, and Robin um, helped me walk through some exercises, and it was it was amazing. It was very profound, you know, being, being able to connect with my mom and everything that was really, it was interesting and it was, yeah, just so profound and, you know, life-changing really. Cause now I know I can do that all the time. So yeah. thank you for that. She's talking to you all the time, Amy <laughs> and
1: laughing, <laughs> yeah. laughing and dancing. She loves to dance. Yeah. Good. Great. So do you have questions that you'd like to, have me start out with or would you like me to just uh start talking well about- I know
0: when we when we initially kind of did our little pre-interview um you had mentioned something about because I know women who have gone through menopause with no symptoms at all and these women you know they they are healers they are light workers they are very in tune you know they do a lot of the same things that you have do so And then, and then I think about, you know, like when I saw my mom go through it and it was just hell and I see some of my clients going through it and it's just horrendous for them. And, um, and of course, just talking with other women who work with women and hearing their stories of clients. And you had mentioned that really going through it depends how you go through it or how you experience it depends on the pre-work that you do. So I just was wondering if you could touch on that a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, how you experience menopause has a lot to do with so many different things. There are so many different elements. Um, first of all, you've got, your, um, you've got your genetics. And at the same time, your family of origin energetics as well. Our energy patterns, the way that we run our energy is very similar to what to the way that our family members have run their energy. And um, science says that we carry the patterns forward in our genetics. But the truth is, is that we carry, we carry patterns, we carry family patterns and ways of being forward energetically. Right. And it's energetic experience that activates our, our physical genetics. Right. And um, science is also uh, really discovering more and more about how our genetics can be turned on and off by different factors in our lives. Um, The way that we live, our lifestyle has a lot to do with our experience of menopause. Um, Have we been eating healthy? Have we been exercising? Have we had a pretty happy life where we're able to cope with issues and frustrations and traumas that come up? Or are we stuck in a lot of past trauma because we haven't had the experience we haven't had, the support. We haven't had uh, the skills or good coaching and counseling to help us resolve the traumas that we've been through. So we may be holding a lot of trauma in our body. And especially when we have sexual trauma or trauma dealing with not just um, our pelvic area, but also our heart and also our voice. um, That also impacts our experience of menopause. Um, The way that my experience menopause was this. I had no hot flashes whatsoever. I had mental fog that was just crazy. It was probably the biggest issue that I had. Um, and looking back after I came through it and I was normalized, I realized that so much in my family line had been suppressed. So much um, um, personal actualization through my feminine family line had been suppressed. My mother really didn't um, fulfill hardly any of her gifts that she brought forward, which was basically um, her artistic sensibility and her artistic capabilities. She wasn't very much of a people person, but she was pretty much forced and made choices to be with people which were very uh, taxing for her. and my grandmother, the same, and, and women throughout my family line had really not been self-actualized. And I came in to this life wanting to, to really just go like crazy and do what I wanted to do and explore everything that interested me in my life. So I was changing that pattern. In my generation, that pattern changed. My sister and I both really pursued um Things that were so different than what the women in our life before us had done, and I think as as a result of that, I really suffered by the mental fog that I was in. That came up, and I experienced that so that I could clear that. Right. So I didn't see myself as a victim. Um, I didn't know what to do, and so I did a lot of exploration with people. Um, both with, with uh, allopathic doctors and with alternative uh, medical people about how to handle that. I used primarily acupuncture, um, um, chiropractic, and then energy work, getting energy work done on a regular basis mm-hmm. once a week for a long, long time. I had mm-hmm. massages twice a month for a long, long time to help
0: work that stuff out of my system. Right. Right. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, no, I think that that's great. Yeah. I think it's well, and like you said, you know, exactly. You know, you have to be you have to be aware, like truly aware of mm-hmm. yourself and you know, knowing that these symptoms are messages and you know, they are telling us a story. Yeah. So if we just yeah. listen and tap in um and clear that on like, you know, a spiritual energetic mental level, it will it will be cleared in the physical right
1: yeah um a lot of women uh learn how to meditate when they're starting to go into menopause and they feel something deeper pulling at them meditation is a really really great way to center yourself and to clear your energetics yoga is another way to really center yourself and clear your energy field to um to harmonize your energy field um our energy field is sensing and picking up uh, signals from our, our community around us all the time. And when we can be aware of what we're picking up on a very subtle level, we can use that to readjust ourselves. Spending more time in nature as we go through menopausal times, especially early on, especially when you're in perimenopause, helps you ground yourself helps you calm and harmonize your energy field so that you feel better throughout the day, whether you go, whether you take a walk um, every day, whether you go out on weekends and um, get into natural surroundings. It's so important to, to pull that into your life. I also would recommend that anybody, any woman who's interested in using any kind of energy work to help herself navigate um, all of her own issues in menopause to take Reiki level one Reiki is available almost everywhere and people are learning now how to teach it online and so you can take Reiki one without without exception um, and it's not very expensive and it's it's incredibly worth that investment so that you get to understand how energy works how your energy body functions, and how to um, deliberately manage your energy body. And this helps so much when you're dealing with menopause.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and with Reiki 1, you can then work on yourself, and you can work on those under your care. So your children, um, I was actually doing Reiki on my kids before I even knew what Reiki was. It just started coming out, but I didn't know that that it was at that time. Um, I probably didn't realize it till, you know, three, four years later, when I did finally take Reiki one. And you know, this is, this was my story with Reiki. So I was seeing a counselor and I went from seeing her a couple times a month to seeing her once a week, sometimes twice a week. And she just basically said, you know, Amy, we need to do something else here. So she said, you know, I can't prescribe medication, but I can talk to your doctor. And I just did not want to do that. I have, you know, with my nursing background, I've seen people who are on this medication long-term and I didn't want those side effects. So she said, well, she actually suggested that I go get a Reiki session. And at the time I was being, I was going to church every week and I was trying very hard to be, you know, a good Christian and, um, it didn't. It felt right, but it felt contradictory to what I learned my whole life. Like This is wrong, but it feels really good. So I I had a session, and it was so profound. I actually signed up to take Reiki 1 and 2 that night. And, yeah, I mean, it was just – it was – I just felt so – it felt like all of the crap had just been lifted off of me. You know, I didn't have to – I just – uh, felt so good and balanced and a little woozy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I had yeah. to drive home in the dark in the rain that night. I probably wouldn't recommend that the first time. But, um, yeah, it was, it was very profound and very deep, and obviously I went on to get my So The first
1: time we get energy work done, the healer has helped us rearrange the flow of our energy field. Right. And if we have been running it a certain way, if you, if you hold your head to the side for five years, your head pretty much stays stuck in this, in this position. Right. And so what Reiki does energetically is help you adjust your energy field to harmonize it where you may have been holding it in an unharmonic flow, just like you may have been holding your face to your right shoulder for five years. And so you do feel woozy because everything is starting to come back into a harmonic uh, vibration. Um, Reiki, for those of you who don't know, Reiki is a system of energy work. It's not the only one, but it's a system of energy work where you, when you learn this, this system, you tap into that particular system and that energy comes through you. You tap into it's like you tap into a, into a body of work and use those skills. Mm -hmm. And you use that to to change your vibration and to help change the vibration of the energy around you. There is other, so energy, um, everything is energetic. And when we know how to adjust the energy field around us, we're using energy work to do that. Reiki is one way. Reiki is one system. So when energy starts coming through you, it's literally literally your energy is ramped up and your vibrational rate raises. And then people around you can tune to that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And and people pull it through us. People have a longing or a need, and we can feel that on an energetic plane. Mm -hmm. And when we feel energy coming through us, Those people need what we have, and so we're magnetized to that. And our higher vibration helps them tune to that higher vibration. One of the things that happens um, around menopause, and this is a good segue back into menopause, is uh, women having hot flashes. Hot flashes are both chemical and energetic. And doctors might argue that it's all chemical. Um, Energy people can actually see what's going on. The, The chemical, uh, the the chemical pathways of our body respond to our energy field, and if we if we're fluid and if we're in, if our energy field is fluid and flowing and in harmony, our chemical systems within our body, our our energy systems, our chemical systems within our body, also find harmony as they shift, as we age, as we come into menopause, um, as we have illness, we. We heal faster, and mm-hmm. so um, using energy work to help with um, to help somebody who's in perimenopause balance out their energy field and their chemical systems is is pro- is a profound tool. Wow. Um, and um, I don't know if people know that acupuncture is also basically an energy work system. Mm-hmm. Use needles to stimulate the energy pathways within our body, and it is all energetic. Even though
0: you're you're using tiny little tools to right. do that work,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. No, I've had I've had acupuncture, and it definitely it definitely helps. It's wonderful. Yeah. So when you are you know an energy healer, and maybe you know, because, I mean, I'm 40, so, I mean, I'm sure I'll be hitting perimenopause in 10-ish years or around there. Who knows? Um, So, how would you, I guess, suggest to all energy workers just basically how to protect yourself? Because it would be really easy, and I've done it, obviously, to soak up and to actually take on what your client is releasing. So, what are some ways that you can prevent that?
1: Thank you for bringing this up. This is one of my favorite subjects. We, do not, we don't absorb other people's energy. Right. We do not absorb other people's energy. Okay. What we do is we tune our own energy field to someone else's energy. So we tune to them. We don't take that on. I don't use any kind of protect, protection at all. I never protect myself okay. because I've got strong boundaries. I know, I know when I start feeling bad, I, I start looking at what that is, and I handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm working with someone in trauma, I don't get activated by their trauma. Quite often, energy healers are still so new at what they're doing um, that they get activated themselves. And they don't yet know how to work with that or even how to recognize it. Sure, when sure. I started um, at Brennan School, the very first day of the very first class, the very first hour, um, our T- our, uh, um, the head of that first year came in to greet us. And she said, you're all here to learn amazing energy skills and we're going to facilitate that for you. But you are going to spend far more time learning your own energy habits, your own energy paths, and learning not only how to recognize what is going on for you, but how to manage your own energy field. Because as a healer, the most important thing you bring is the quality and vibration of your energy field. People heal. Not by the work that we actually do, but people heal by being within our energy field. And when we can hold our energy high and clear, when we resolve our own issues as they come up, and we can hold a strong space, it gives our client uh, an easier, clearer space to then come to our vibration. So when we deal with our own issues, when we are not activated we can hold a bigger space. And to know the difference between uh, when when our own stuff is activated and when something's being released or being shifted within our client is so essentially important. So the very first work of a healer is to deal with our own stuff. It's why I've had a coach or a counselor and often multiple of those in my life so that I can make sure that I'm handling anything that comes up. Right now, I have two people that I work with. I'm, I'm, um, I feel like I could hold space for someone who's very powerful. And do I have people who are healers and coaches and have been for a long time in my own practice as my own clients? And in order to hold space for those powerful people, I have to be working on my own issues as they come up, whatever right. they are. We never get to a place where we, as healers, are done never 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 if yeah. you if you have a license to practice counseling one of the requirements is that you have to have supervision what supervision is is that you have to have regular meetings with someone who is your counselor or your coach and the purpose of that is that you are able to clear anything that comes up for you whether it's transference where we transfer our experience or our emotions onto our clients or we take or we take theirs on, we get we can clear that and heal that. Quite often, if we are not skilled and if we don't have the skills to recognize that within ourselves, we we are not able to serve our clients in those areas. Someone what, if outside, what if someone outside of ourselves can see that. Right. And right. Can hold us accountable and responsible, which is why we need we need someone outside of
0: ourselves. So
1: hold us accountable
0: and help us clear that. Right. One of the things that I say during Reiki sessions and, you know, tell me if this is an okay thing to do. um, I intend that my stuff stay with me and their stuff stay with them. But then I sometimes have wondered, is that creating a blockage of healing? Like, is it, is it, it's not? Okay, good. And I don't know what the intention is. You know, I
1: I just feel like
0: I don't want them taking on my stuff and I don't want to take on their stuff. So.
1: Yeah, as healers, it's important that that we don't tune to them, that we don't bring our vibration lower. And quite often when we still are upset by traumatic events, when we're upset by someone who's just lost a child, when we get activated, when someone is going through the trauma of losing their mother, their mother is actively dying, or someone who has cancer, something that's scary to us, all of our fears get activated. That's what we need to deal with. Yeah. And so we might, we might plug into that. We get activated. Being present with somebody who has cancer might bring up our fears of getting cancer or when we had cancer five years ago or the fact that our sister just died of cancer and we're afraid of that ourselves. Right. So our fears get activated. We don't necessarily take that on. So knowing how to deal with that boundary and knowing as a healer, in the moment that you meet this client and you take their history, and you find out that they have cancer right now, if you have fear about getting cancer, you've got to make sure you handle that. Right. And recognize if you're getting triggered right there, and then how to calm yourself and bring yourself back to groundedness so that you're not focusing on your own fear. You can't focus on your own fears. Neither can you stuff them. Right. Because that always, if you stuff an emotion, it sort of squeezes out, (laughs) from another weak place. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So as a healer, you need to really be aware of everything that's affecting you and what's going on with your own emotions, your own thoughts, and know how to manage your thoughts and manage your emotional reactions. Stay grounded and stay present. Right. As a healer.
0: Yeah. And even even if you're not a healer, this is really good advice. You know, even if you haven't tapped into your healing ability yet. It, it's really good advice. And I think too, for me, um, you know, now when I'm working with a woman, whether I'm doing a massage or Reiki or just, you know, teaching, I'm gonna, I'm going to look at, you know, them as, you know, the ladies who are going through menopause or who are past menopause. I think I'm going to look at them, you know, quite a bit differently now because, um, I mean, they just, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I can't really put it into words. I just feel like I need to kind of maybe give them a little bit more education and I am a Reiki master. I could teach them (laughs) level one, you know, so then maybe they could do that. Um, but do you think that, do you think that, um, how do I say it? When it comes to, I guess, menopause and being a healer versus not being a healer? I mean, do you think that the experience will be different?
1: As you said, some women sail through menopause. And my guess is, number one, they have healthy genetics. Number two, um, within their own family of origin, maybe the extended feminine line of your family, there are women who knew how to handle Um, going through changes in their lives, trauma in their lives in general. One of the things that happens, and this happens for women every month, when we go through our menses right before our period, usually there's a period of upset. I mean, there's like the the premenstrual cycle. Well, what's actually happening there is is energetically, anything that you haven't been dealing with in your life, is more able to come up and come out. And it's like your, your whole emotional body says, Hey, you haven't been paying attention to the fact that I'm sad. I've got sadness. I need to have, I need to pay attention to my sadness or I need to pay attention to my feelings of abandonment or, and I need to pay attention to my feelings of rage of not being able to express myself and the people around me suppressing my expression. And I now, not, I now, Uh, curtail my own expression whatever your personal issues are before your period in your premenstrual cycle those are issues you're not dealing with in your life in general okay and all of that stuff comes up so that it can clear
0: right
1: energetically because your energy patterns your energy energy um field is heightened as you go through your menstrual cycle you, you, build, you build a nest for a baby and your energy, your whole energy field is also involved in that. And when that's not taken advantage of, then it has to dissolve. And all of your emotional issues come up as a result of that.
0: That's really anything, interesting. Never, anything, I never thought of it that way.
1: Yep. Anything that you haven't been dealing with. Um, and you can't necessarily get it all handled in one, in, in one cycle. For Sure. But the emotions that come up are a result of those patterns that are um, not in harmony for you. Those emotional patterns, those thought patterns, those physical patterns. If you haven't been taking care of yourself physically, that also comes up. We get so exhausted. We may have a digestive upset of one kind or another. Um, We may need so much more sleep.
0: Another thing that I wanted to touch on super quick just to get your take on it is natural or, you know, the way it's supposed to happen, menopause versus surgical menopause at say, you know, 25, 30, because of who knows, illness for whatever reason.
1: This is good.
0: There's, I would think there would be a huge difference.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a distinction there, but um, I realized I want to finish up. I started talking about um, menses. But when we hit menopause, all of those issues, all of the issues of our life that we have not dealt with come to the forefront, not being able to speak our minds, not being able to take good care of ourselves. We've been giving ourselves away all of our life. All of that stuff comes up, all of those issues. And if you have not been working on yourself and routinely resolving um, traumas, emotional issues, developmental issues, you haven't been dealing with that, it all comes to the forefront about late forties through your fifties yeah, and makes it even worse. Um, So to come back to your, your current question, which is, um, would you state that again so that I can answer directly? Otherwise I may go off on a tangent. Yeah.
0: So I was just wondering the difference between like natural menopause and like surgical when a woman, a younger woman is sent into menopause because of the surgery.
1: Yeah. So somebody who's younger, who has their ovaries removed, which is what causes menopause, um, will go through a physical chemical menopause. And because it is, it is triggered physically, some of your emotional issues are going to come up, definitely. Any emotional issues you have in those realms are going to come to the forefront just as they would if you were hitting menopause naturally. However, there's another issue at hand here. We have seven major um, energy centers in our body. Those are called the chakras. And we're born with all chakras in action. And um, as we develop, as we grow, and as we develop, the chakras mature, just like our bodies mature, just like our emotional capabilities mature, just like our mental capacities mature. Um, And there are two schools of thought. One of those schools is more of a Western school, and it says that um, the chakras uh, mature in seven-year in seven cycles. So within the first seven years, your first chakra um, matures. And your first chakra basically grounds you on the earth, gives you your identity, and is really in charge of your physicality. Your second chakra is in charge <laughs> of your relationship with your family, your connections with your family, your creativity, and and how you creatively move in the world. Your third or or um, uh, solar plexus chakra is where your sense of power is, and that gets activated in your in your third seven year cycle. However, there's a, there is um, uh, another uh, uh, system of thought which I think works far better in its Eastern Uh, system Um, for modern man, which is, it's really a 10 year cycle. It seems to be a roughly 10 year cycle. So for the first 10 years, you're really learning how to be present in the world. Your second 10 years through your teens, you're learning how to relate to your family and to your close friends and be creative in the world. Your third decade, you're learning about being powerful in the world and your, your chakras through these decades really come into full expression and full power. In our in our fourth decade, we quite often are settled with the family and we deepen our our love relationship with the world. Our focus is going from ourselves even further out into the world. We learn how to be with children who aren't always physically easy to be with. We learn how to deeply love things. Um, and we bring that bigger expression of our of our. Um, this is really high heart chakra. There's a secondary chakra right here, um, at our at our high chest, and that governs our expression of our gifts and our vocation in the world. So in that fourth decade, both of these are really coming into fruition and and maturation where we take what we love out into the world, which is why so often people in their 40s start to question their, um, their choice of vocation. Am I really doing what I should do? Am I having fun here? Why am I not having more fun? What do I really want to do with my work, my work in the world? Mm -hmm. and that all comes to the forefront here in our fourth decade in our fifth decade we if we've done all this work below we start to have a greater voice so our fifth chakra start to have a greater voice in the world and women who are hitting menopause um are in between that that fourth uh in our fourth in our 40s and in our 50s and so our heart chakra is involved and our, our fifth chakra, our throat chakra, are involved. And if we, if we um, have not had successful, what we consider successful, heart relationships with, the, with our lovers in the world, this may cause us pain and, and um, anything that's unresolved here, any big issues that are unresolved, any trauma, heart-related, is going to come to the forefront. It's one of the reasons that many women experience heart palpitations. Our heart chakra is really realigning to a different vibrational rate. We also find that we're sick and tired of not being able to express who we are in the world. And this happens so traditionally to women who are in their 40s and 50s, going into their 50s. Women in their 60s, we don't have any problem with saying what we think. swearing when we feel like it, saying what we think. Look at Jane Fonda's trajectory. She's a wonderful, iconic understanding of a woman's development. She's now in her late 70s, I think, Um, maybe even her early 80s. And she really went through a lot of uh, trauma around her expression in the world, even though she'd been an actor even though she'd written a book and been a a fitness star if you will she really struggled to bring her true voice out into the world when she was in going through her menopausal years did that answer your question amy
0: well i think it answered my question as far as oh yes excuse but me like how let's we need to relate that to like you know the 26 year old that you know had ovarian cancer or yes. the 35 yes. year old that you know had a dramatic birth and so, cause they haven't had the years or the time. Maybe they right. don't even know that they had to work on it. Right. And so, they're not does, done yet. They are you know, still, know. they are still
1: 26. They're still right. 35. They will be chemically, they will be um, uh, electrically and chemically um, activated into menopause. And some of these emotional issues will come up. However, they are still on their life trajectory. And so in, in a woman's thirties, She's really still working on her uh, maturation of her power in the world, and so when just
0: because the organ isn't there doesn't mean that the chakra is not activated and and the power is still there.
1: Exactly, exactly, and in fact, energetically, the energetic pattern of that organ is still present with you.
0: Right,
1: you still have that energetic blueprint of that organ. And energetically, it is still responding. Just because the physical organ is gone, that three-dimensional organ is gone, that physical pattern is still there and still working within your energy field. Now, when a woman who has gone through physical menopause because of having her ovaries removed when she was younger and had not yet gone into, um, I'm going to call it energetic menopause, she will still go through energetic menopause as she gets older. She may have some hot flashes. And a lot of these women don't understand why they have some of the things happen that they did because they went through menopause. Many quite often are on hormones to help them go through that earlier physical menopause, but they still are going to have issues come up and they're going to be, they're going to, your emotional issues are going to come up. Anything that's unresolved, any issues of the heart, you're really going to have to face the fact that um, you have not gotten over the trauma of your first marriage or Mm -hmm. the man you wanted to marry and couldn't for some reason, or the fact that you find yourself a lesbian, but you've been living in a heterosexual relationship because you never addressed the real issue of your heart, which is that you love women. So Mm -hmm. that quite often comes up for women in their Um, forties. And, and also um, really being able to speak your piece, speak your, your um, identity out into the world, really be who, speak who you truly are with your true voice. Is, all of that is still going to come up in your 40s and 50s.
0: I know that you have to leave fairly soon, but I have one question because this has come up a couple of times in my office. I have clients who are in their late 40s, early 50s, and they're still on like daily birth control. Because their doctors have told them, well, we'll just keep you on this till you're 55. And then you can be done with birth control and you've already been through menopause and you won't have to worry about it. That's what they're literally telling them. I mean, I've heard this from two clients, actually. And I said, that's not how it works. (laughs) I said, that's that's not how it works. So could you maybe shed some light on that?
1: Physically, the doctors are correct because physically you can manage the physicality of menopause to a certain degree. Sure. But what naturally would come up where your body is readjusting um, energetically and chemically um, is if you have issues that would come up as part of that, if you would have relationship issues or issues of your heart or issues of speaking your peace in the world, or even really opening to your greater awareness of the world, which happens, I'm going to just take a, a little diversion here. Sure. As sure. we go through menopause, and as we as we really mature, all of these chakras, then our upper chakras become uh, go through their process of maturation, which is when we become true grandmothers and powerful women in the world. This is why you rarely, rarely see somebody like, um, um, uh, uh, Ocasio Cortez coming into um, political power. She's very young. She's I think she's in her late 30s. And quite often you don't see women getting into into politics until they're in their 40s and really coming into power in harmony with what is happening to them energetically. When right. their power centers are, are really coming into maturation and they're able to, to take their place as powerful women in the world, being able to speak their piece. Um, but coming back to the the... Uh, using men excuse me using drugs to mitigate some of the issues of menopause you can mitigate those physical things but you really can't there's no substitute for doing the energetic work of you, going into menopause and you're going to have this happen one way or another you might not have, have hot flashes but you might you might uh have depression happen you might have high anxiety happen if you have not resolved those issues. Now people, women who have been handling these issues on a regular basis may still go through some hot flashes, but they, but they may be able to avoid that combination of hot flash, mental fog, depression, feeling isolated, not knowing what they're doing in the world, feeling like they really haven't, um, they haven't ever come into who they really are. They're not doing what they came here for. Quite often that starts showing up when women are in their 40s. They start, I have so many women come to me in their 40s and 50s and say actually these words, I feel I should be doing more, and I don't know what it is. And I'm afraid, I've taken so many classes, I've worked with so many counselors, but I'm afraid I'm not going to find it before I die, or before I get too old, or before I miss the boat. Almost every woman who comes to me says, Something to that effect. Yeah, and the truth is, is that they're still in process, and they're still in the process of finding it. And they are—they have decided that they need to go deeper. Yep, that they need to get more intense
0: with that exploration. I could talk about this all day, Amy. I know, I know. We have to get going, but just one super quick last thought: Do you think that being on the artificial chemical, like the birth control, would that inhibit any of the spiritual um energetic growth no 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 well yeah no. i
1: suppose yeah no it's not going to inhibit any of the spiritual growth because your energy field your energy field is really you your right. energy right. field creates your body right and so when you want to manage your body in a certain way in this culture we do go to drugs there's nothing wrong with drugs there are appropriate times to use drugs Sure. And yes, using yes. drugs to manage menopausal symptoms is very appropriate for those people who are drawn to do that. It does not deal with the emotional and energetic work that there is to do. And that's going to happen, that yeah, you're going to be challenged with that one way or another, whether you're using um, uh, uh, medication to handle the physical
0: issues or not. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Robin. Do you just want to quickly show, uh, just tell people how they can find you? Um,
1: yes. My website is Robin and read, um, You can find me on Facebook as Robin and Reed or Robin Damel Reed. You may not remember what that, what that name is. It's my maiden name. Um, but you can also find me through Amy. If you want to get in touch with me, um, I'm open to taking new clients I'm not promoting myself here but I do have openings and oh, yeah. well, can I, I, love, <laughs> I love working with women who are coming into their power and especially those older women who are really taking their place as the grandmothers of the world Wonderful. Taking their place as the healers they were born to be
0: yes
1: and it took all of their lifetime to get them to this place being here right now as we go through this big transition
0: into the Aquarian age Thank you, Amy. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Robin. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a Pelvis Wellness Warrior.